Yo, what's good? It's Petey Steele. Welcome to Counter Current. And Elena Torres, and this is episode 53, and we have amazing guests today, Mr. Jacob Williams. Hey, thank you. And I'm Patrick Holbert. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, Thanks guys. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Jacob, you've been headlining here at the DC Draft House this weekend, and hopefully you've been having fun here in Yeah, DC it's been so super far. fun. I love this place. I love DC, and... Uh, Checked out some museums earlier, and all the shows have been super great. So what museums did you hit? I went to the Freer, I want to say, it's it's like F-R-E-E-R, and then I went to like the Hirshhorn. Hirshhorn. Oh, yeah. And I also went to the National Gallery of Art, and then maybe one or two others, but I didn't remember the names of all of them. You saw the statue of the naked guy sitting yeah. down, the bald <laughs> head dude? Yeah. That was, that was pretty intense. That's the landmark everybody but me here, you know, forgets to ask visitors <laughs> about. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. I just walked around outside, and uh, thank God Jacob carries 100-plus uh, SPF sunblock because uh, the weather's been incredible here in D.C. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are the palest comedians in the East Coast, and... Uh, I did not get sunburned today. I would challenge you on that, but looking at you both, you may <laughs> you may win on that one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's important to have sunscreen on mm-hmm. at all times yeah. walking around here in the summer. I brought yeah. it and did not use it at all, and I probably should have, so tomorrow I'll probably look yeah. super red. I just bring all kinds of like hats and <laughs> stuff to yeah. All the time, cause like a bonnet, like a yeah, like yeah, a that's that's, that's what I do, yeah, 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 bonnets, and it's also you know it's historical, so people in DC appreciate that. Yeah, so that's nice. I did see a man with a sunbrella in front of the White House who was, um, I guess he was like protesting or preaching or whatever, but he had a sunbrella and uh, it had really funny things written on it. Um, I, I don't know what your politics are on your podcast, but I was on his side. It was uh, pretty great. Yeah, we're left of center, I would say, right? Yes, yeah. definitely. Okay. I assume in a comedy club green room, it's safe, yes, to, yeah. safe to out yourself. I mean, we still yeah. believe in like the free market and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, aside from that, yeah, man, love is love, baby. So uh, I, as you guys are not acclimated to wearing... Uh, Sunscreen. I imagine you hail from parts uh, darker. We both live in the New York City area. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, originally. Okay. And yeah, and I'm from the Hudson Valley of New yeah. York, which is like just an hour and a half north of New York City, mm-hmm. but live oh, in nice. Brooklyn. Did you guys both start doing comedy in New York? I did. Not you. Nice. Though, right? I started in Beloit, Wisconsin, which everyone oh, wow. says is the best place to start stand-up comedy I think. <laughs> but uh no i was going to college there and um I you go to beloit university mics. yeah beloit college yeah. actually and um it was a lot of i went to madison there. i'm a bad oh nice yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah that was the first comedy club i performed at and it was in madison because that was the closest one basically state street yeah that's yeah. one of my favorite clubs it's so much fun yeah i still have yet to do it i mean i was long past college before i got into comedy but mm-hmm. yeah that's on my list of me everybody yeah, just that gives awesome. perfect reviews yeah i went to mark norman's album title uh, album recording there uh just like a month ago and it was surreal because during the day i had a gig at university of wisconsin at madison and i was thinking this is a crazy college town this is going to be the best show of my year i can't wait showed up there was about nine people there Uh, but you know i did the gig got through it had a good time and they were a great crowd of nine uh and then i went to his recording that night and it was uh 
it was just I, I've heard all those reviews and it was it lived up to everything they say and my check I got like I got some virgin um, like sweet cocktail drink it was like a mint chocolate something or other mm-hmm. and I was like I'm gonna pay fucking 25 bucks for this thing it was like nine bucks and that's my whole nice. check was like that's all it was it was great it was just like such a cool experience everything's cheaper in the Midwest yeah, I mean, yeah. for God's sakes, in Beloit, they still have that huge Hormel <laughs> bean tin right up and yeah. alongside the interstate, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a big landmark for people in Beloit. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was, it was a good place to start. I think it was, like, low pressure, or, <laughs> or my friends were probably going to laugh no matter what, so I got hooked on it without before I knew that I wasn't good at comedy and by then I just keep doing it I think that's important when you start to have yeah. sort of delusional confidence yeah definitely because if not like looking back at my first year at comedy like I thought that I was like pretty good I was like yeah, I have a sure. real future here and like looking back at the taste it's like dear god yeah <laughs> No. What was I thinking? But I think that that's really important to sort of keep you going. And I'm sure, still, sure. like, I'm, I'm a little bit, like, jealous of my new self sometimes. Because I wish I still had that delusional. Because now yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, now, yeah, like, I I'm, I feel new still. I'm six years in, and it still feels new. I'm still figuring it out. And right. I, I actually do need headshots right now. But I've gotten that mentality of, like, ah, you don't, you don't get headshots till you're a real comedian. Because <laughs> I laugh when comics who are, like, three months in or like getting these amazing headshots right. yeah I right. used to also uh, like learn the fucking craft first before you do yeah. the Malibu shots or whatever <laughs> that shit is yeah yeah, uh, yeah business cards uh, you know get an agent send a tape like your first bringer show tape Press to every kit. agent yeah, yeah. Uh, but now I have to get my shit together and I my headshots are terrible so uh, yeah yeah so, so how long were you doing uh, were you doing stand up in Wisconsin before you moved to New York um, <coughs> excuse me. Well, I basically was doing it um, a few years there. I went to college there, but I, I ended up doing like an off campus study program in Chicago during college for about a year because I just wanted more stage time. So instead of going abroad, I was like, oh, I'll just go an hour away to do stand up. And so then after college, I moved there. So, oh, nice. Yeah, so I guess between all of that, I was in Chicago for about five years, and then I've been in New York about five years. So, yeah, I've been doing comedy. It'll be 12 years in September. Um, but yeah, the first couple of years are, are more weird, like in Beloit, so it'd be like every mm-hmm. once in a while an open mic and I'd be the only comedian and there'd be a lot of poetry and music. But then Chicago and visiting my hometown of Louisville, I got to do more shows at clubs and stuff and Chicago was a great place to get on stage a lot and kind of... Nice. What year did you feel like you had to get your headshots? Would you feel like it was around <laughs> six also or when That's a good you... question. I definitely had some before that, but I... They were so bad that, like, one for instance, like, one time when I first moved to Chicago from Beloit, I, like, I think I was, like, emailing comedy clubs, and, like, one of them, like, didn't respond, but then I think the owner, like, had a, a podcast, actually, where he was, like, making fun of my headshot, and I was, oh, like, really? I felt, like, so humiliated. I, was, I didn't even know what a podcast was at the time. I was so embarrassed. But, uh, but yeah, they were, like, really bad. It was just, like, me out in front of my garage in Louisville that like a photo my dad took and like I still had like a ton of acne and like didn't really have good clothes or I had looked like I had a weird smile I like the Steve Carell and the 40 year old virgin poster mm-hmm. or something yeah yeah those it was just there was like nothing good about it the sky it was really of, embarrassing hopefully uh, and then uh and then there yeah and then I heard that reaction not through the email but through that podcast and uh and I was, and I was like, oh man, maybe I, 
made a huge mistake. Yeah, you may, going maybe, to comedy. Maybe I should uh, make some different professional choices. Boy, yeah. you made it, and it came out great, and now you've been on TV. I was watching your Wild and Out clips oh, the other sure. night. And that actually, I never watched an episode of Wild and Out. Like, it's, most people who listen to this know I'm not, like, a mainstream TV kind of guy. I mean, I either do, like, a premium channel or I'm a movie buff. But what I am is a battle rap fan. Oh, cool. A huge <laughs> hip-hop battle awesome. rap fan. And one of the guys, one of my favorite guys from that league and era is on there with you. I'm sure you know Mr. Hitman Holla. Oh, yeah, he's Mr. great. Gerald so good. Fulton. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's really talented. What's it like working with that guy? Uh, it's great. I mean, I got to recently do a two-on-two battle where I was like teammates with him against uh, two other people, um, Timothy De La Ghetto and Conceited, who's also... Yeah, Conceited, sure. both really funny. But uh, yeah, so it was super fun. We got to like collaborate on that, and just over the last eight seasons I've done, it's been great working with him on a lot of those. Cause um, yeah, he's comes up with like great stuff. I feel like I've learned a lot from him in terms of like I came more from stand up and improv, and so I had kind of an idea how to like come up with jokes and stuff. But um, but he's got like such a great mind for like yeah battle rapping and all these other skills that I haven't figured yeah, out. Yeah. So it was cool to like get to work with him for sure like I battle rap before they started putting them on cameras like I'm 38 years old and everything so like mm-hmm. that was kind of my That's intro awesome. into comedy and everything like that and yeah. I'm surprised frankly that more guys doing battle rap aren't doing comedy because I yeah. think it's way mm-hmm. fucking harder yeah. than comedy at least for me I sure. don't know um because people are like, no, I think comedy might be hard. I'm like, no, that shit don't have to rhyme, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, and you have to come up... Do you, do you, how much of it do you come up with on the spot, and how much of it do people write beforehand? It depends on the format. So, like, if you have a beat, okay, you may have a line up your sleeve, but then generally you have to go with whatever the beat parameters are, like mm-hmm. the boom, 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 or like the boom, 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 boom. So yeah. then you really have to go more impromptu. But if you don't have beats, and what battle rap leagues have become now are like almost these spoken word battles. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. Like the cursory fan might say, oh yeah, you know, like that seems like a cheat doing it without a beat or whatever, but not so. Because it's very hard to do that even with a lot of pre-written. They memorize like two to three minute rounds, three yeah. of them, you know, and then do it in a span of like a month. And, and then they also might freestyle or they do what are known as like, well, a rebuttal's a rebuttal, but in battle rap, it's like, okay, so the opponent disses you. Mm-hmm. You might have a pre-written round, but maybe he said some shit known as like real talk, where he uh, really yeah. put the fucking, uh, you know, so stiletto you gotta get in him your hard neck, back. so you gotta get him hard right. back and reverse it. It's sure. like it becomes like a fight or a wrestling match right. or something. It's, it's pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. it's really hard. I mean, I think just watching it even anymore helps me with, like, comedy and stuff. Yeah, those are intense. Appreciate it. Well, now in comedy, uh, roast battling is, like, a huge trend. And Jacob's got amazing roast battle clips on YouTube uh, that it it, it has that same energy of, like, an underground hip-hop battle. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, like, and and comics can be really cutting with what they say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't done a roast particularly for that reason is yeah. I, I'm just I don't know if I could handle yeah. what people would say and I don't know if I feel yeah. right like insulting because a lot of the people that you do roast with are like your friends and I'm just yeah. like 
I had a weird discovery where I was like, oh, I'm actually good at this. Because I grew up with an older brother who was bigger and stronger than me, and mm-hmm. he would he would mm-hmm. physically beat me up, and then uh-huh. I would just say mean shit to make right. him feel horrible. So I right. I can tap into that now, and I've, right. I've roast battled some of my favorite friends and have said horrible things, and in the moment it feels good because it's like, oh, I'm winning. Yeah. But then I listen back to it, I'm like, uh-huh. I can't believe I wrote that. Like, yeah. I'm, there's like evil inside of me, and that yeah. that's, that's a little weird. I'd re- and yeah. also, it takes a lot of work. I'd rather use that time to work on yeah, my act. Right. <laughs> well, it actually makes a lot of sense that you say that too, because I think a lot of comics come from sort of have been bullied in some way, shape, yeah. or form growing up. So it makes sense that a lot of comics are really good at roast, but because that is the way that a lot yeah, of comedians to had to de- had to defend themselves, mm-hmm. you know, oh, when yeah. we were younger or whatever, sure. is by saying this crazy stuff. Wow, I think that's maybe sure. why I don't want to do it because I was like, I I was I was a fat kid oh, growing yeah. up. I was a fat. Were you really? Kid. Yeah. You, you never told me this story. Oh, that I think about. Wow, bringing I feel pictures. like I've been stabbed in the heart the <laughs> whole time. I thought she was this gorgeous <laughs> no, whole life. No, no, no. That's why I have a cool personality. Yeah, I guess that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> no, no. I used to be, I, especially in middle school. I was pretty big. I also broke my nose a few times. So I had a very large nose and braces. I'm like really had to develop like this. Yeah. And I got in trouble for being too mean sometimes. It was the only way. Yeah. So that's why I think too. I think I get scared of doing roast battles because I, I got in trouble a lot for mm. saying shit that was too mean. Yeah. And it was just a way for me to defend myself or like feel cool at all. It's true with me, even with my general material. I mean, at first it was a lot meaner. And then when it became just merely problematic, I became marketable. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's intense. So, like, you had a older brother that physically beat the shit out of you. What kind of things would you say back to him to, like, cut him? Oh would you be God, like, you know, him. when I go to my mom, her mom, and cry, like, she just says, don't worry, honey, you're the smart one. Well, He's going to he, be a fucking bum or something. So he was he was overweight. I don't even think he was overweight. He was husky, I guess is what you would say. Oh, so, wow. so we were relentless with calling, making fun of him about his weight, uh, you know, that he has boobs and, like, all oh. that kind of horrible stuff that boys at oh, that yeah. age, that's all they think about. They're so right. self-conscious of it. So we, I would find his most self-conscious thing and just yeah. go for it. And then even my mom, I remember the meanest thing I ever said to her she came home from work one day and all her Legos were everywhere and she it was like a coffee table like this and your mom's she, Legos no <laughs> it was, it, my brother and I, I think oh. we were, yeah I thought you she, said her I'm sorry no she came home and our Legos were everywhere she she was like a single mom basically so she was just like pissed that like we made a huge mess so right. she just swept them all off the coffee table and she's like why can't you guys ever whatever and she broke what we were working on, and mm. uh, so I stormed up to her room, and I'm like six or seven or eight, like young at this point. I stormed up to her room, and she said, Patrick, what are you doing up there? I said, uh, I'm looking for something that you made, that you were creative with, uh, that took talent to make, but I can't find anything. <laughs> Just like oh, that's a great and, oh, and she cried, I made her cry. Uh, like like wow. that's where, that's and I'm worse. like a nice, 
God. Wow. And, and actually, at that age, I didn't talk a whole lot either. I like didn't talk until I was in like. So you're like this grade. quiet kid, and yeah. then when it does come out, it's just like. I'm just like here, are my fucking swords. I'm gonna stab you in yeah. the chest. Wow. Looking for something of value like really you produce, to yeah. and you bit. point to your brother because it ain't him. <laughs> I would. Like uh, I'm gonna use that. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like I'd be mad if my kid said that, but also a little bit like, wow, points for creativity, honestly. Yeah, because yeah. That's yeah the, the the level that you're committing to that bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's fucking uh, beautiful. Um, so now, um, do wilding out, and then what? What else, uh, Jacob? Are you involved in now? What other? Um, clandestine activity. I don't know. <laughs> clandestine. I would, I would answer that if I knew what that word meant. But I will say, I'm uh, recording a comedy album tomorrow, so oh, cool. uh, I'm excited about that. I've gotten to, I feel like, get a good sense of it um, over the touring recently, especially at these shows here have been super helpful. And Where are you recording so, uh, it? It'll be at New York Comedy Club uh, tomorrow. And so based on, I'm not sure when this will come out, but hopefully down the road after that, it'll be available. And yeah iTunes and everything, so hope people check that out. And then, uh, yeah, I'll be doing more touring and stuff coming up and just trying to get on stage and keep working on jokes. And uh, so, yeah, people are going to find me on social media, I guess, for that and my website and everything. Now, you're no, for, for a recorded album, like for what you're doing tomorrow, how long is it? You're doing it an hour? It'll probably hour? be in about an hour. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It might end up being like 45 minutes. I might edit it down or or combine things from two different shows tomorrow. So, yeah, I'm still kind of figuring out um, exactly which stuff. I have an idea of what I want in there, but there's certain jokes I'm on the fence about where I might just uh, save them for a different time once I work on them. Yeah, do you feel like when you do this album, like a recorded album, do you feel like it's like doing a special where from then on those jokes are no longer? Um, that, That you can't use them anymore, that... That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know exactly how it works. Like, I know sometimes it's like that with certain TV things mm-hmm. or other things I've done. I'm, like, not sure if I should reuse them at certain right. places. But overall, um, yeah, I just want to, like, do um, some of my favorite jokes since I've never done an album before. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully do, I do want to use that as motivation to eventually turn it over and right. have a new hour of stuff that I can record somewhere. So whether it is another album or whatever... Right. Um, yeah, I just want to keep doing comedy, and I'm just excited to put out some stuff that That's awesome. some of which I've been working on for a while, and then a combo of some newer stuff that fits with it. So I've loved be the um, the audience psychology. Uh, I think we've only told two of our three audiences so far that he's recording this album uh-huh. and that they're going to be hearing what's going to be recorded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's been fun to observe Jacob occasionally say something like, oh, maybe I won't record that one tomorrow or whatever <laughs> as right. a save. And um, the audience psychology of them feeling like they're getting this secret kind of like look into the process right. has been really interesting because yeah. th- those remarks just have been getting huge laughs. And it's like, oh, yeah. They, More they, than my jokes, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> But, they, but, be doing but it's no, just it's fun. Good. It's fun to um, hear you do that. And like tonight, you literally redid a joke to practice. I did. Because I, I, oh, I, I would, twice the same one. I did. Wow. Yeah, I did that on purpose <laughs> so tonight. Great. Which I never do. Like normally, if I mess up something or whatever, I'll just move on or whatever, or make fun of it and move on. But in this case, I was like, oh, that's weird. But like tomorrow, I'm doing an album. And I'll, I'm there's a chance I might fumble a joke, but then mm-hmm. still want to do it on the album. So I'm like, so I said to the audience, and I like, hey, let's just pretend like this is the taping, and like I do want to say that a little more clearer. So I'm just gonna say the same joke again, 
And somehow they were just like super on board for that. I was going to say, how did they react? Yeah, they like, like I said it again, and they wow. were like, went crazy, and I'm like, all right, that's because cool. Because Jacob's version of like crowd work sometimes is him just thinking out loud, and mm-hmm. it gets so, people become giddy. I hope I'm not making uncomfortable no, chairs, right. but like they nice get idea. giddy with like the, um, I don't know, the silly, it just feels super, super silly, and right. I catch myself laughing in a way that I, because you know, as comics, we're sitting in the back of the room and it takes a lot to get us to laugh, and yeah. uh, it's just been so funny to watch you trail off a little bit, thinking out loud about getting like meta about like, oh, I can't believe I said that joke you know whatever and it's just yeah like at one point said I, yeah that's that did happen where i i didn't repeat a joke but i was worried that i would because i'd done a short set somewhere earlier and then i was trying to remember like what jokes i'd said on this show and what right. jokes I'd, so then i said a joke and then i'm like did i already do that and they're like no and i'm like okay i guess it's even weirder now <laughs> that you hadn't heard it and i just stopped doing it yeah. halfway through to see that <laughs> so now they haven't heard the joke a first time and they've heard a weird interruption in the middle but uh, but no yeah I'm trying to be more in the moment on stage I think I used to be more just reciting kind of written stuff and I do want to like address if there's like something weird that happens in the room or whatever I just want to be able to connect more with audiences so uh, that's my, been my goal kind of yeah I've week. been working a lot on that too just awesome. being able to, to stay in the moment and if there's like a weird noise that you sure, can say sure. like Oh, and they always laugh so hard when you do acknowledge yeah, yeah, the weird stories and if you just like keep going. Too. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I sure. think a lot of people are probably also fascinated because you guys know, right, whenever people find out you're a comic mm-hmm. that aren't comics, they always have a million, there's like this fascination yeah. of like the process of comedy. Mm. Yeah. All the time, which is why it's like that sign you're, you never want to tell people <laughs> that you're a comic. Yeah, sometimes they'll try to avoid it. Yeah. The Uber driver or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do Uber drivers see you and say, "Yeah, you must be a comedian." No, I you have... come off so unassuming. Yeah, sometimes I'll say I'm a comedian, and they're like, "Really?" Like they don't <laughs> believe it. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's like my actual job," and they they just are very skeptical sometimes. See, but I just want to look like the kind of guy that doesn't find anything funny. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Intimidating. You're nailing it. Yeah, yeah. It. You're yeah. Closer, closer, closer and closer every day. Yeah. Jacob is a nationally recognized comedian because of his TV fame, so it's been fun for me to occasionally be around when somebody recognizes him. Like last night, was one in the morning down Connecticut Avenue, and this bro was like, "Yo, wildin' out!" And it, I was just like, "It's just like interesting because I, I don't, I don't even know if he recognizes me if he just." Was excited about the show. <laughs> yeah. So he, he, it's like we he didn't like, know you by name. No. Yeah, like, yeah. He just like knew. I think he he had seen me on the show, but like didn't know my name that specific guy. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that happens once in a while. Philip and really. What's the weirdest thing someone said to you that's recognized you? Um. One time, this lady was like, "Are you Jacob Williams?" And I was like, "Yeah," but like I guess sometimes I'm kind of nervous or awkward or not confident. And then she's like, "No, you're not." But like she was the one that brought it up, so yeah. I was a little confused. Yeah. Like, I guess She's like, I'm sure you get that all the time. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I, I have had people say like, "You looked like that guy" or whatever. And if I'm in a rush, I'll be like, "Oh, that's crazy" or whatever. But it's a, it takes people a little while. We were at a gas station in West Virginia, and those there was some folks that were kind of like trying to figure it out for a little while. Uh-huh. Yeah, sometimes that's they just, don't know. It's right. fun. It's just fun that kind of energy and yeah. seeing people get excited about something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's we're in such cynical times that like 
it's it's neat when and also Jacob doesn't disappoint. You're not like a douchebag and <laughs> you're just like a nice person and I think people appreciate that. Um, thank you. Well, I feel lucky. That this has been very hallmarky. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. All right, well, now let's talk about all the ways Jacob is an asshole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't we can we do that, time. but first we're going to make some <laughs> announcements about upcoming events at the Draft House. Yeah. You can certainly see me being an asshole. Um, <laughs> coming up this uh, Friday and Saturday here at the D.C. Draft House at 7 and 9 p.m. That's June 7th and 8th. We have Langston Kerman Sweet. from Comedy Central. Those will be good shows. Um and then at the Arlington Cinema Draft House Friday night, there's one show at 7.30, Francisco Ramos. You know him from Entre Nos, very funny young man. And then uh, the following night, he's going to have one at 7 and then one at 9.30. If you want to get tickets for free, chance to, you know, get them in a raffle. We do this every week, and we don't have too many takers. You guys got to get on board. Follow CounterCurrents at CurrentsDC on Twitter, CounterCurrentsDC And if you comment and say something to us, the odds of you winning these tickets are even higher, especially if it's a nice comment. Yeah. Like our page. Yeah. And even if you want to be passive and like it and unlike it, you can like it the next week, and then (laughs) you got a chance of winning the next week's show tickets. So... Right. Stop fucking around. Get your life and, uh, you know. Take somebody on a date. Why you know? not? Why yeah. not? Yeah, make it look like you're a baller, but actually you got the tickets for free. It's a really cool thing to do. But um, we're going to actually do the why is Jacob an asshole off camera because we're about ready to do the <laughs> oh, yeah. show yeah. I can't let bit. that yeah. out there. But, um, before we do, <laughs> we definitely want to thank both him and Patrick Holbert for sitting in here with us. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you Thanks for, for having us. Yeah. This is fun. And where can people get it, you guys, on social media and stuff? Uh, I'm on Instagram as the whole bear report. Okay. Um, that's awesome. I'm on Instagram. Uh, I'm on Instagram as Mr. Jacob Williams, which is also my Twitter handle. And then I think comedian Jacob Williams on Facebook and JacobWilliamsComedy.com uh, for tour dates and a video. And then I have some stuff, some videos on YouTube. So those are the main ones. Fantastic. Yay. All right. Well, thank you so much, fellas, and we are out. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Thanks, guys.